0: don't hate you there's no need for hate now or love
1: i love you matthew there are people that will fight you david they'll stop you
0: in an hour you won't want them to
1: Don't be trapped by old
0: concepts. Matthew, you're evolving into a new life form. Come and watch.
1: We came here from a dying world. We drift through the universe, from planet to planet, pushed on by the solar winds. We adapt, and we survive.
0: Hello folks, welcome to another Cinevif podcast. I am one of your hosts, Gary Hill, with you tonight is Iris. Hello, hello. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing well, how about y'all?
0: Doing, doing, you know, living in a, I guess, sort of springtime now, so there's that springtime with it. snow springtime <laughs> with snow you know what as as a midwesterner i'm n- i'm never surprised by anything but um yeah it, it is what it is with you tonight uh fellow midwesterner and um share a few little tips that make it real funny tonight y'all check it out suzanne's here how you doing
2: hi i'm good we good had three in. birthday drinks
0: no Nice. hear uh, a distance in the background. There might be Darla Borking at the window for no reason. So she decided <laughs> to stay in the room. So that might be a, a fourth, a third co-host tonight for, for the show. Um, coming at you, Darla on the microphone possibly. But um, yeah, we're here tonight. Um, late night for us. Not really late, but um, I'll ask Iris. Uh, what she been watching lately, girl?
1: You know, I have gotten started on this uh series on Netflix in the dark. And Lynn and I started at seven o'clock yesterday. And it was one o'clock when we ended up going to bed. <laughs> and we're like, but no. And Lynn's like, It's it's midnight. You need to go to bed. <laughs> but but I could get up at nine. <laughs> so yeah, and then um I watched the originals for what we're going to be discussing today also, and yeah, I think that's pretty much it. I've just been watching stupid TV because I got Discovery Plus.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: And I've been watching. Oh, my God. I've been watching the fuck out of Dead Files because I just, you know, I I put that in. I put it on in the background while I'm working, and and it's just like noise while I'm working. You know, it's kind of weird, but. That's pretty much about it.
0: Cool, Suzanne.
2: Oh God, I've been kind of found this show on History Channel called Assembly Required with Tim Allen and Richard Karn.
0: Oh yeah, is it like a reality show or like a? Oh yeah, it thing?
2: is. They get a box of stuff and then they have to modify it. It's 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 interesting. I don't know how long it's gonna last. But it's fun enough for what it is, and Sorry. I did go and watch the original Invasion of the Body Snatchers as well. Oh, my God, what else? Um, I'm pretty much almost through with the entire run of the series, Coach. But apparently I like my ruggedly handsome Craig T. Nelson. Well, there you go. I'm taking a break from cop shows because I've been watching them for nine months and it's time for a break. And I still have to finish up the Cecil Hotel. I was watching this on Discovery Plus. Did you watch any of the Holzer files? Not yet. Okay. I watched a few. I will reserve judgment until I can hear your comments on that as well. Oh, okay. I'll have to start start on them. As some of it, I guess you, you probably you, if I know you probably read a bunch of the books that he wrote in the 70s and the 80s. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we'll we'll have to go back review and discuss it at a later dates. <laughs> right on, right on. And that's pretty much. Oh, Pat and I did go and did Eddie Murphy Day. We watched Coming to America. We watched Coming nice. to America too. Trading Places and Harlem Nights, so we got the best of all worlds there. And honestly, a lot of people are saying terrible things about coming to America too. You know what? It is what it is.
0: I've heard Enjoying like it. I've heard like two people say bad things about it. Everybody else is, you know, not like I know, I know people who say they like it better than the original one. It,
2: it is what it is. It, if you like, it's it's funny. It's. Just enjoy it for what it is. There, it, apparently everything has got to have some kind of social context now. Fuck that. A little Watch bit, a I movie. Guess. Watch a movie and enjoy it. We'll leave it there.
0: Uh, one thing I can recommend and <clears throat> go listen to Mark Maron's interview with um Eddie Murphy. It's pretty good. He talks about it a little bit, but he talks about a lot of stuff. It's a real candid interview, so it's a lot of fun to listen to. Um. Eddie, Eddie Murphy related, and a Harlem, *Harlem Nights* is a film I like to cover one day because it's not a film that I enjoy a whole lot, but everybody's in it, so you kind of have to enjoy it. I mean, the, the cast the assembled for that film is uh, is pretty impressive, and uh, yeah, I, I, you have to like it for that reason. Della Reese, man, come on, you know. <laughs>
2: Oh I know that I'm not gonna go start doing that line.
0: Oh so good. It's so good.
2: I mean you had you had the best comedy minds of what forty years, possibly fifty in that movie. And it's not a flat out comedy. There's it's it tells a good story.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. Uh anything else, Suzanne? Oh no, that's it. Well, I watched. I've watched a lot of How I Met Your Mother lately because I um never really finished the series. So I've been rewatching it on Amazon Prime. I I like the show. I I I appreciate a lot of the stuff it does. I I can get genuine laughs out of it. I can see why Neil Patrick Harris became a star again because he is a he's the star of that show. I can tell you right now. I I enjoy him and uh so there's that. I uh, have been watching Superman and Lois on on, on the, the CW. Didn't think I'd be into it too much because of his involvement with the Supergirl TV show, which I dislike very much. But um, I really dig it. And um, I had asked some questions to some people to say, hey, why, how, how, and why could they have kids? But somebody told me that they have kids a certain way, and you guys looked it yourself. It's got something to do with them making. Love in the Boom Boom Room and the and the, the Lost City of Kandor. Um, if I can explain it to you, that that's that's the city that was saved from Krypton when it when it exploded. Okay, but um, yes, yeah, so that's the thing in the Superman lore. Um, besides that, I watched I watched some random stuff. I, I watched since our our mutual friend made a Dolph Lundgren folder on on his his uh, account. I watched a couple of bad Dolph Lundgren films. You realize how many bad ones there are. I watched one called Detention. That was um, basically he was a, he was once a mercenary, but now a history teacher. And for some reason, drug dealers take over a school that has like six kids in it that are there in detention. So it's kind of like like uh, um, I don't even know how to explain it like a terrorist plot type movie. But they're looking for drugs that police seized, like like mixed with. Um, the Breakfast Club. So it's one of those. It, it's not badly shot because it's made by the same guy, made like Iron Eagle and stuff like that. But it, it, it is fun. It's shot well. Um, Dolph's doing his thing. It's the whole Schmeel about the, the, you're not trapped in, I'm not trapped in here with you. You're trapped in here with me because he has, you know, certain skills and the kids are doing stuff. But the villains are lame, and that's the biggest problem I have with the movie. And I know I'm going nuts here on probably like a directed to dvd Dolph Lundgren film. But I'm going to talk about another one right now. Because I had to sit through Shark Lake because I chose to. And <laughs> I heard that Dolph Lundgren was in a shark film, so I had to watch it. And Shark Lake is basically, he plays like an animal smuggler who gets busted by the police. But before he does that... He he lets a bull shark into a pregnant bull shark into the lake, and it's pregnant. It has his babies, but he owed this shark to the mob or something. So <laughs> he gets out of the prison, and the mob's after him for some reason. But at the same time, you're watching this Dolph Lundgren Jaws ripoff. That he's not in very much. He's like the Quint, and then you got like the Hooper character, and um, I'm gonna call uh, I'm gonna call. It, uh, Lady Roy Scheider, because um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lady cop this time, instead of male cop. But they do the thing where they they put little things in there. They have the shark cam, just like in Jaws. She doesn't say we're gonna need a bigger boat. Uh, she she says we're gonna need a boat. And then the next scene, she says these boats are too small. We're gonna need a bigger one. It's like I see what you did there. Okay, it's just it's just not very good. <laughs> That's stupid, man. It's real dumb. I've watched a lot of these dumb shark films, but let me tell you, the biggest crime you can do in these shark films is for it to be dull. That's all the movie was was dull, and it it, it just it just dragged on and on and on. You want to see Dolph Lundgren punch a shark, but it wasn't going to happen. No, it just it just it broke it broke that rule. It didn't it didn't make it fun just made it like, here's this story about a, a guy who just seems like a normal guy who just likes to collect illegal animals, but has this little this little kid. It's five years later. Now she's eight years old. He wants to have a relationship with his kid. And who gives a flying fuck about that in a shark film, okay? No one. This, this should be like a minor thing, but you're watching Shark Lake from 2012, which I don't recommend at all, because it's just not good. But you know what? What's up, in the Face? Ooh, look at this Dolph Lundgren-Fuller. Let's see what he's done. It's he, he doesn't he doesn't do as bad as is like uh like Steven Seagal, who might have like ten good films out of the fifty. Well ten watchable films out of the fifty. Like five good ones.
1: And only because of the women.
0: But because of <laughs> Yeah. He did have old pancakes in one of those movies, didn't he? I forget which one, but um good old Pam Greer in one of those movies. Natasha Hensridge is another one I believe. Well, um, oh, definitely Kelly LeBrock. LeBrock. Yeah, Kelly LeBrock when she was when she was I don't know what happened to her. She, was she, I, I don't want to call somebody unattractive, but she had some surgery that made her look like I don't even know, man. It's scary. She um, did not have a good surgeon. She nope. did not have a good surgeon, and that makes me sad because she was yeah, she was once me beautiful. Beautiful. Oh my gosh. Yeah, besides that, you know, just a lot of random stuff that I forget I forget what I watch most of the time, but it's there. I should write these things down, I guess. But um, tonight we are here to talk about two films, or two, two remakes, but they have like a like theme to them in a way, because they're both about people's bodies being taken over or replaced, well, in one case, and one and one in the other, you know. Uh, we're going to do Toby Hooper's Invaders from Mars from uh, 1986. And Philip Kaufman's uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers from 1978. Um, I think both true blue classics. I I enjoy both these things. Um, We'll go in. uh, Did we do these in order? Because one is better than the other one. Um, I don't know. (laughs) Let's 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 let's, go by year, huh? Let's go by year, Christian. Yeah. uh, invasion of the five from 1978 uh you'll hear about that through the trailer
2: they come from a dying world
1: they drift through the universe pushed on by the solar winds they adapt and they survive. The
2: function of all life is survival. Sleep. 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 From deep
1: space, sleep. sleep. The seed is planted. Sleep. Sleep. Terror grows. Matthew!
0: Matthew! Matthew! Like the others!
1: Elizabeth. Wake up! Get you when
0: you sleep. Sit up. Invasion
1: of the body snatchers. It's got no detail, no character. It's
0: unformed.
2: All of a sudden, they're growing like parasites. Is it it contagious? People are being duplicated.
0: How do you know my name? I didn't tell you my name. I can't find anything in here that looks like a body. My side's nosebleed.
1: It looked right at me.
0: You're
2: looking at it as if it was human. It was not human. Now. The classic fear begins to grow. We're being cornered.
1: In a modern masterpiece of science fiction.
2: we are barricading the street. Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Get down! Starring Donald Sutherland, Brooke Adams, Leonard Nimoy.
1: Invasion of the Body Snatchers. From deep space, the seed is planted. Terror grows.
0: Invasion of the Body Snatchers from 1978. It's it got a PG rating. It's got full Bush in it, y'all. That's all I'm saying about this movie. <laughs> I, don't how, oh. I don't know how that happened, but I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah. Um, yeah, if you know the story of this one, it's a remake of the 1950-something version of it. Uh, when space seeds drift to Earth from space, mysterious pods begin to grow and invade San Francisco, California, where they replicate the residents into emotionless automatons, one body at a time. Uh, this is an all-star cast. Uh, Dal Sutherland. Uh, it is Afro to glory. Uh, Brooke Adams. Oh, it was wonderful. I love that, that, that Donald Sutherland hair back in the day. Uh, young, young Jeff Goldblum, Barack Cartwright uh, competing with Donald Sutherland on the ugly crying in this movie. Because let me tell you, it's amazing. Uh, Leonard Nimoy, of course. Art Hindle shows up. Uh, Kevin McCarthy shows up, which we'll talk about that because it, it makes me sad. Just just one line in the movie just ruins that this is canon, and it makes me very, very sad. Directed um, by Philip Kaufman. Um, and uh, the dog is making noise now, so listen to that yell. But what? Uh, we'll get to this first, and I'll kick it to Suzanne first and ask her what she thinks of this one. I mean, she loves remakes. I gotta hear about this one. Yeah. You
2: know? And now the, these remakes came out back in the day when they were updating movies from the 40s and the 50s, movies that could seriously use a good update now it's like okay it's five years old fuck it let's remake it that's why I hate remakes this one funny story this is one of the few movies that my mother was very dead dead set against me ever watching because she started watching it and it really upset her so finally I set my alarm one morning for five o'clock because it was the only time it was on in the month. Remember back in the day when Cinemax used to do the summer of two thousand movies, and they would—that was the first place I saw Suspiria. But they'd only run these movies once. So if you and even with a DVR, a, a, oh my God, DVR, yeah, even with a VCR or VCR Plus, it was still a pain in the ass to record stuff. So yeah, you set your alarm if you wanted to watch something. So I woke up to watch this one for the first time it's 20 years old. My mom came out and I was maybe 30 minutes into the movie and she just, she turned green. So finally she just, she said it was just the the pods and the, the way that they were mimicking the humans. It's the thing that really upset her and the tendrils. Apparently there was something about the tendrils. that fucked fuck my mom up. So I was, at least now I know what it was that actually truly pissed her off or upset her. But no, this, I I, I still like the original, but it was, the original, you have to admit, was campy as all hell. This was actually a very scary movie. The way, just people acting like people, but not being people. And there's just there's they do a little uh, several little things to try to lighten the tone up a little bit. My favorite scene is I (laughs) I was making dinner last week and there were capers in the meal, so I held one up with a pair of tongs and like it's a caper. A few of you will understand that joke, but no, this movie is genuinely terrifying. Right now I. I, I just, I, I, it still packs the punch. They completely shit all over it with the Daniel Craig, Nicole Kidman movie, which I actually sat through 20 minutes of it before I almost snapped my remote in half, which would have been really bad.
0: It's, it's all right till you get to the end. It is not all right by no, any stretch it's, of it's the it's imagination. Not, it's not as good as the other ones, but it's all right for me. Oh, God. The, the third act, he realized, hey, guess what? This is just a disease, and it's curable. So don't watch that one, because it's fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: no, stay, uh, avoid the Nicole Kidman version, because it is just bloody terrible. The, the Abel Fer- It was Abel Ferreira that did um, Body Statures, right? <laughs> y- yeah, and I'll, I'll defend that
0: one, because I love that one. You
2: know, I didn't, I actually caught that movie before I knew what it was. And I actually kind of liked it until I found out what it was, and then I. It's, it's
0: kind my of second. Got right about it. It's my second favorite one. And I'll tell you why, okay? And th- this one, they kind of assume you saw that original one, so there's 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 ele- a lot of elements to the original one in there. And Body Snatchers from like '93, I think it is. They 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 don't play games. It's, it's kind of like the new Spider-Man where they don't explain to you that Uncle Ben got shot, and and the, you don't see Bruce Wayne's parents die again. They're fully aware that when you went to watch Body Snatchers, that you've seen other Body Snatchers movies in the past, they don't waste your time, because it gets going within like 20 minutes, like ramps up that suspense that fast. So I gotta give it to Abel Ferrara on that one.
2: You know, like, I, don't, it, I didn't know what it was. I was like, wow, this reminds me of Body Snatchers. And that I've kind of, I actually had to go way back in the day of having to dig out the guide and figure out what the fuck am I watching? It's body snatchers
0: son of a bitch called body,
2: body snatchers no it is body snatchers i you know i i just i didn't always hate remakes i hate what they've become this one i like i said i did i did watch the original a few days before i watched the 78 again and i really i just really like what Philip Kaufman did with this movie he truly made it a very scary experience I I mean trying to band together with your friends figuring out who's who, what you're doing and I've always just been a big big fan of this movie and I still I have to admit watching it, I'm absolutely shocked it's a PG movie because oh my god, you've got You've got boobs and tendrils. God knows you can't allow that to happen now. I've always, like I said, this is—it's a great movie. It's scary. It's not all that hard to—it's not all that far off from you know the the world of possibilities.
0: Well, in the ones were tendrils, she's replicating. I think Brooke Adams. You don't see nipples, yeah. so there's there's that, you know, no no nips. So
2: Yeah. I mean it's 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 a blank canvas. But the like I said, this movie is since I was able to watch it to my mother's uh unhappiness at twenty. <laughs> I'm I this is why I, I like to see some of the Like I said, the movies from the 40s and 50s get a bit of an update. You don't need to redo A Nightmare on Elm Street. It was done perfectly the first time. Everything you do afterward just makes you look like an idiot.
0: Well, to be fair, in that one and The Thing, The Thing uh, prequel, you know, there was heavy studio interference from what they actually wanted to do. So I would love to see the version of the film that they wanted to do.
2: No, John Carpenter nailed the thing
0: perfectly, because it was a prequel. To if you watch it, it's a prequel, though. It's, it's not a sequel. I mean, not, not a remake, though.
2: Oh, no, I actually have someone who's like, well, I can make Prometheus your favorite movie. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't.
0: You know well, what? I'll give Prometheus one thing. It's a beautiful film to watch, but it's just not a good yeah, movie. Yeah, it is. That it's is not a good movie.
2: Gorgeous. Like I said, I've I I do appreciate this movie. I love it. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go off on my. I already had my remake rant, which was a minor rant. I do love this movie. There's Donald Sutherland. You've got an amazing cast of characters. Jeff Goldblum is I, I you know he's he has his moments in this movie, but he was, I, I sometimes there are certain scenes I feel like he was underutilized. But I know it wasn't a vehicle for him. It was more for Donald Sutherland. And Brooke Adams was all the, one of those actresses who just was kind of faded in and out of the spotlight and then up and vanished. But this is just, you've got great characters. You've got an amazing script. And Leonard Nimoy is so good as the doctor who is completely in on the whole fucking thing. And I've always, one of my favorite genre actors, I've always loved Art Handel. Super nice guy, too. I met him at a con, actually, no, it was at Music Box Massacre. But I just just really appreciate the way that this movie was put together. I appreciate the story. I think they did it justice. I know you're bummed about Kevin McCarthy. I was just happy to see him in it. It was like, the first time I watched the movie, I was like, oh, my God.
0: He was a conventional. original. Oh no, when it was like a real throwaway thing, like when when they're at, when they're at. No, when that's not 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 saying it's a throwaway thing. When he shows up though, you're really excited because you assume this madman has been running the streets for the past 20 years and he's still alive. And but when he gets to the part, I think when, when they're shipping the pods and they have the, the loudspeaker, when they say the words Santa Mira which was the original town in, in the, the original 50s one, you get so sad that it's not canon, that this madman has not been running the streets for the past 20 years, you know? But, uh, <laughs> I get so sad when I hear that. I was like, oh, man, that blows. You know, it's just a cameo. I'm sure
2: when it comes back around, I will have a few more words to say, but I'm just going to leave it there for right
0: now. Oh, good. Uh, Iris.
2: Okay, for me, this movie
1: is... The perfection sci-fi-wise, especially Invasion uh, or, you know, something coming from outer space, coming to get us. I think this is perfection. Like um, Suzanne was saying, the cast is amazing. And what I like about this is that you actually get invested in these characters, whether it's Bilicek or Nancy. And Nancy's character, you know, Veronica Cartwright. Her character, I think, is probably one of the most amazing ones because she does not appear very often. And at some point, you're like, she's lost. And then all of a sudden, she is the badass who has survived everyone. So, you know, I I love Nancy Belichick's character, that character there. And, of course, you know, you got Donald Sutherland's character. Completely invested in him. And a little bit of Elizabeth, you know, Driscoll or Brooke Adams, Um, like you guys were saying, you know, she faded in and out, faded in and out, then just disappeared. She wasn't much of somebody that you were like, oh, wow, look who's on the screen. But her character, the character itself was very believable. And I really, really enjoyed just watching the dynamics between her and Donald Sutherland, because you can't see that chemistry. Whether, you know, you you were thinking they were going to get together or not. Um, As for McCarthy, me personally, I love that scene. To me, that is the perfect scene because whether I hear Santa Mira when they're, you know, moving pods all over the place, when I see him. And he gets hit by the car because you know, poor guy has been running for all these years. <laughs> um, I was
0: hoping. You know? I was hoping so hard that it was gonna be a thing, but yeah, it's you know, it's but, a it's a real it's a real minor bitch. It really is, you know. It,
1: it is. Well you know, I get it, but it's such a beautiful nod to the movie itself. And then to have um uh the director be uh, you know, Don Siegel is the cab driver. Mm-hmm. You know, that that was pretty awesome, too. Um, We did see BB and VC did this like a couple of episodes ago. And, you know, I I don't know what more to say about this movie. This movie is just perfection. I love it. Uh, You know, it's it slows down a little bit for some peeps. But, you know, it's a sci fi movie. You have to build up that tension. You have to build up the character's. So when the huge reveal comes, you're like, "Whoa! I knew it!" or like, "Oh my god! I never suspected that!" You know, and then it has to continue on. It has to keep you interested, and this movie does that. It keeps you interested the whole two fucking hours. So, you know, for me, like I said, I I, I love this movie. I don't I don't think I could find a better sci-fi film than this one.
0: And for me, um. Everything I said about the characters is true. I mean, I, I have a problem with people who say that the, the Zack Snyder Dawn of the Dead is better than the original one because I think they're wrong because you got like 20 people in that movie, whereas you had four four people in Dawn of the Dead, which you, you took time to invest in those characters. I can give a shit if, if half those characters in that new one live or die, you know, because they're just kind of – but you, you're with these characters the whole time and this one and – you know the some are, the, their, their arrogance is there. Donald Sutherland plays the he he plays like a health inspector, and he's very arrogant. And you don't think you you'd align with this douchebag character and this this woman, this Brooke Adams, who, who is in a kind of a weird relationship with her husband. And this this is what makes this horror people is that when she when she wakes up, you know, after bringing home this plant, which is a brilliant delivery, and then anything is uh, spores that come from space that attach themselves to other organisms as like these little, hiding as these little, these little flowers that you would never notice, and that's how they got there. Just like out of sight, out of mind, go on with your day. All of a sudden, you wake up and you're somebody else. Well, her husband woke up and he was somebody else, and she recognized it right away because he had no desire to do anything, but you know. Supposedly, go be a businessman, but he's really working for the aliens. And the the a lot a lot of brilliant parts like that. The, the part of the dry cleaners, you know, where the guy says that that's not my wife, you know. And you imagine waking up as as you know with your with your loved one and they're they're acting different. You'd be freaking the fuck out, you know. And so you can't tell me that that, that the horror element is isn't in, in, in the sci-fi movie because there's some genuine scenes of terror, and I think that it's the little stuff like that that scares me the most, you know. Um, yeah, Donald Sutherland is full, full sexy, sexy regal. I have a Heather Powell's listening. I she she loves this Donald Sutherland from from this era. You know, the you need to watch Clute, babe. Go go check him out in that movie. Or uh if you haven't, you get to see his bare ass in, in Animal House if, if you want to look at that. It's, it's kind of hanging out there. Um, <laughs> um, this movie though, I I, I love <clears throat> the the monologues in the movie. Everybody's very intelligent. Like no nobody's an idiot. Like like you mentioned, Ron Cartwright. The reason why she survived is because she figured him out. She figured that if you show no emotion, to you, you you could walk among them. And that's that's something, and again they're competing for ugly crying in this movie. They're, and I'll give you an example: the ending of the movie, which if you anybody who's seen any *Terror in the Isles or a clip show, one of those compilation clip shows like *20 Scariest Movie Moments*, has seen the end of this movie. The end of this movie is uh, they, they they're separated. Um, Donald Sutherland is on the run from 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 the public, but he he clearly has been caught. But she doesn't know that. But they choose to meet somewhere, and when they meet, because the brilliant thing this does that they don't explain the 50s version is that they say that when they become the pod person, when they when they copy be the person, they take their, their they basically shrivel up into nothing. They take their memories with them. So he remembered that she, he was supposed to meet her someplace at a certain place at a certain time. And when she sees him and that mouth opens and, she, you know, the scream comes out the point and she's ugly crying like the Veronica Cartwright that we love. Um, yeah, really fucking emotional. Just like the scene where Brooke Adams goes. I mean, the scene where Brooke Adams goes and he, he's holding her body and it reminds you of that scene in, in Don't Look Now, which is a film I don't particularly enjoy. People love it. But there's the scene in the opening of that film where it begins with his daughter dying in a lake, drowning in a lake, and him holding her lifeless body and the, the tears that come down. It resembled that, so they're competing for ugly crying in this movie. Uh, the Sutherland and Brock Cartwright, so she uh, she has that going for an alien as well. Uh, by the way, R.I.P. Yaphet Koto, you were a spectacular man in many things. Um, but yeah, this the the suspense is there uh the horror is there the the weird little nuances are there i mean it's very new agey and i i didn't realize this Suzanne that you kind of blew my mind here that that leonard nimoy you know could have possibly even been an alien the whole time and when he's talking to the people at the party calming them down and i i i i didn't i wasn't thinking about it till you said it i was like yeah, he could have been because he's really trying to make them change the way they think. Like, yeah, oh, it's it's really it's a real. Oh, it's nothing, dear. Just go go do your housework kind of thing. You know, it's like there, there's nothing going on here. You know, just kind of just really shining it on. And um, the whole idea, I mean, I, I work nights and some people are insomniacs. You know, we, we, it's really hard to go to sleep sometimes. But in this film you're fighting against sleep where if you go to sleep, these little flowers that have been implemented from space, they're all over, all over the place and could change you into another, another you, you know, which is a better you or something. Cause there's a monologue in the film to where they basically say that, you know, they've been searching for a long time and that they're, they're gonna be like the superior race because essentially they're gonna make the world better, I, I guess, because the humans are fucking it up. So they're not entirely incorrect in their motives, but they're they're all all together saying, "Hey, you're not gonna have a life anymore. We're taking over." And I think the icing on the cake of this movie, though, is the the the, the, the end credits because after after you see you know the big ending that everybody knows there's no music. It's just silence in the credits and you just watch it because you know what? It's totally emotionless. There's nothing going on. The aliens have won, So why would there be music or anything? in these end credits, it's just silence. And I don't know any other film that would have done that. I think it's a brilliant move on the director just to say, you know what? No music in the credits. The aliens have won, And I think it's, I think it's brilliant. Um, it's, it's one of my favorite movies of, of all time. I mean, I, I think it surpasses the original in many ways, because if you watch the original and you know the history of the original, it's basically they couldn't make a film about McCarthyism. So they made a sci-fi film that was aping McCarthyism by saying, hey, you know what? Watch your neighbors because they might be something else. And that, that's what they were doing with, with the original 50s one. It's like a political film, but it's not a political film. So, think about that next time you watch it if you don't know the history of it. And um, but this one, this one's a lot of fun. And um, a lot of young faces that you you, you know, Jeff Goldblum, probably the second thing he's ever done. I think he did. Was he in the first Death Wish? Suzanne? Oh God! Yeah, I... he, was the, he was in the first Death Wish. Uh, it was Larry Fishburne in the second Death Wish. Yeah, that that's the way it was, I believe. Because he, wow. he wore the he he I'm wore the he wore, he wore the Jughead uh, crown hat as they were uh, raping Mr. Kersey's wife and daughter in that movie, you know. I say that with Glee. I'm not saying with Glee, though. But the, he's wearing a Jughead crown hat, and that just makes me smile, although he's a rapist in that movie. He's just uh just uh, t- get real tight on that picture of wearing the Jughead crown hat and then for, forget about the rape for about two seconds. They're like, yeah, he's a monster in that movie. But, you know, I digress. This is a great movie, as is Death Wish. But um, we're gonna talk about Death Wish. But um, if you haven't seen it, go go check it out. Go 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 check out this one, original one, and um, and Body Snatchers. Don't watch The Invasion though, because it's fucking terrible. That's about it for me. Um, Iris, anything else want to say about it? What do you give it one to ten?
1: Well, I'm gonna give this a ten, and um, I, I kind of like what you said about having a horror element, and I think every sci-fi movie. Has to have just that little bit of that horror element because, you know, sci fi usually deals with the unknown. And anything that is unknown, especially to us humans, uh, especially now in society, it, it, you know, it scares us. It, it does have that horror element. So, uh, good point there. So, yeah, anyway, I'm going to give this a 10.
0: Sweet deal, Suzanne. And
2: well, there's another point that I meant to bring up that, okay, at the very beginning, When she finds that flower and she's obviously some kind of chemist, organic chemist, because she's working, basically testing things for the, you know, the health department and she's talking to her husband and it's like, it's, it's, it's a weed. It's, it's harmful. It can, it's got, it's kind of this origin and this origin. And she's pretty much laying out the story without actually laying the story out, if you know what I mean. But I've always I've you know, I'm very hard on science fiction movies because you know I, I know lots of people love their my husband especially, spaceships and laser beams. When it for sci-fi for me, I need something deeper i've my favorite science fiction movies are kind of the the slow burns the ones that you know like i i'll put logan's run in here i always love logan's run silent running
0: i was gonna say you saw a girl who loves silent running i'm not a big fan of it though it just
2: uh well i mean it it's just one of those because it's it's actually more science-driven science fiction as opposed to spaceships and laser beams, which I find, like I said, God help me, spaceships and laser beams just get incredibly boring very fast for me.
0: You know what's good? Have you watched The, the Martian yet with with Matt Damon? Oh,
2: God, I really didn't like that movie. I, I
0: thought I was going to hate it, but I really, I really dug it.
2: I, I didn't care for it. But this one, I love, I love this movie. And you're absolutely right about the original because they couldn't actually go against Joseph McCarthy. So it was just kind of a, a, you know, thinly veiled stab at what was actually going on. And this is always going to be a straight up ton for me. It is in my top favorite movies of all time because it is, it's incredibly scary. I have to admit, I I can look at 2020. You had no idea what was going on. 2020 is a science fiction film, and somehow we all managed to survive it. <laughs> but I've always had a deep fondness for this movie, and I was so obsessed with watching it because my mother didn't want me to watch it.
0: And I was the, the full bush of the PG movie. Yeah.
2: Uh, no, it was for her. For her, it was the the cloning of the people. Oh yeah. And when Pat and I were watching it, on we watched it Sunday morning, and it's like he's like, what 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 do they keep throwing out? I'm like, come on, those are the husks. And he's probably watched the movie several more times than I have, and he just realized that all the stuff that was going into the garbage trucks. Or the husks.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. That 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 explains why um, Brooke Adams' husband just brought out that one container of garbage. I guess that oh, was yeah. the, that was the former shell that used to be him. I guess you know. Oh yeah. mhm. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: but I mean, there's so many layers and so many nuances to this movie. I I I just I cannot. It's one of those movies I just can't recommend enough to people. Because it, it for me, it plays more horror than science fiction, just because of just the, 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 the raw emotion of realizing that the people around you are not who you think they are. So I guess I'm just going to leave it right there.
0: What do you give in the movie? I, I give it a 10. Okay. That's great. It's solid.
2: There's not a single wasted moment in the movie.
0: Oh, this is true. This is true, and I will agree there. For from credits to 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 silent end credits, there, there is nothing wasted at all. It's all it's all there. And one scene I forgot to mention before the big reveal at the end happens is which is um when when I love when they're in the lab and everybody's just staring off into space like yeah we're here. We're doing our job correctly. We're doing it like, you know, the pods do it. We're doing it like the pods do They're walking in a straight line. It kind of reminds you of, you know, people today who are addicted to their screens. You know, sla- slaves to the glowing screen. You see those are slaves to their alien masters, and they're, they're just doing things all the same way. This is the TikTok dancing of the 70s, horror, uh, the 70s sci-fi scene, people. You know, fucking yeah, TikTok I mean... dancing.
2: Yeah, I know. Well, one other thing, though, I mean, when we were talking about going into the end credits, because I think after that final scene, you're basically in stunned silence. And if they had gone into some kind of music score for the credits at the end, I think it would have lessened the impact of the movie.
0: Oh, the the impact is is the impact. By saying, you know, there's no no emotion left, so why shouldn't... And I imagine... You know, you hear Amazing Grace playing, you know, towards the end there. And I have no idea why it's playing. I think it's just like over, I don't know, to to soothe the people that are possibly becoming pot people. I I don't know. But there's no music. There's no joy. There's no emotion. So I just thought that, you know, it's a real small thing, but it's not really a small thing. Just by subtly saying, yep, humans didn't stand a chance and they're done now. So here's here's no emotion here's no music at the end of your movie, And Yeah, but this this is a good one. Uh, per- perfect. because so nothing's nothing wastes it. It does get a ten. It's it's a perfect movie. And I, I I think if you haven't watched it, you guys check it out. You know, I know a lot of folks are like, oh, I don't do science fiction movies. You know that this this uh this has suspense that I don't know in many other movies. But, you know, it's, it's 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 really truly terrifying and. Nimoy busting in, you know, one of my favorite scenes of the movie where he, they lock him in the room and he puts his fist up against the glass and screams. It's a good look for him, man. I love it. Um, but yeah, 10 out of 10. Go go watch it as soon as possible if you haven't seen it before. If we didn't ruin too much for you. Um, <laughs> but uh, up next, uh, we're going to talk about, I feel like I called it the lesser film, but I, I think I have just as much fun with the stupidity of this film than no, the what we're talking about right now, but we're going to do Toby Hooper's Invaders from Mars uh, Cannon joint from 1986, right after this. David Gardner
2: just woke up to a nightmare in his own backyard.
1: But no one will listen.
2: No one will believe. I
0: told you he needs psychiatric help.
2: And soon, no one will be left. Dad? Are you
1: okay, Dad? Fine. Because something strange is happening to the people of Willow Creek.
2: Everything's fine now. And David Gardner is about to find out why.
0: David! I've got-
2: sense Toby Hooper's Invaders from Mars There's no place on earth to
0: hide Invaders from Mars 1986 This is a remake again from the 19 I think 1950s movie as well Yeah uh, your, your basic plot of this movie uh, this is directed by great Toby Hooper of course one of his three canon films which I think are all phenomenal Um a boy tries to stop aliens who have taken over his town and are attempting to brainwash its inhabitants. Um, that boy is played by Hunter Carson, and he looks like a, a like Robbie Wrist in this movie. Uh, he's annoying as hell too. I uh, will talk about that. Uh, great, great actors film though. Karen Black's in this movie. Timothy Bottoms is dad. Lorraine Newman is his mom. Uh, James Karen shows up in this movie as uh, General Wilson. Uh, Bud Court shows up in this movie. Uh, Louise Fletcher as uh, his evil teacher. I think she's great. Uh, we'll talk about more of that later on. Um, effects by Stan Winston. I think they still look fucking amazing. This creature effects of this film. The Martians and the big brain look, look awesome. And the set design, too. I mean, I'm um, the, the, the Martian set, the set design looks amazing, too. I, I love the look of who does that, but I'm going to kick it to Suzanne first and ask her what she thinks about this movie.
2: Yeah, this one for me looks like a 50s comic book. I love the way the movie looks. I, it's also, once again, I have, I actually did not get around to watching the original of this. I haven't watched it in uh, more years than I care to mention, which means I'm going to have to go back and give it a rewatch. But I mean, it's, it, it, this is basically candy. There, it's not the greatest movie on the planet. But damn it, it's fun. I love the the actors in this movie, and Louise Fletcher is just, just such an evil bitch. Oh my God, she's so good as being the evil witch in this movie. I I mean, you've got all you you've got a pretty decent range of actors, and as always, I'm always happy to see Bud Cort. I remember watching this little segment. Um, he had. They wanted him, when they were doing the documentary, Pumping Iron, they wanted, I I guess for lack of a better term, a pipsqueak to come in and have these big ginormous men teach him how to lift and build up a little body mass. But he was afraid that his presence was going to screw up the movie, so he told him to keep, you know, because he was only doing it for scale, to keep the money and just cut him out. So... That's just random go off there. Apparently I'm getting very, very tired and finding brand new tangents to go off on. I I like this movie. I like, I like Toby Hooper. I, but when I watched this movie, he did another one that basically, I have to admit, this movie has a very specific color palette to it. It's reds, it's in it, it's reds, blacks, and blues. And he did another movie called Spontaneous Combustion. And I have to admit, putting the two side by side, they just seem like almost the same movie. But, you know, one is atomic testing, and this one is, well, Invaders from Mars. I mean, the monster work is good. I mean, you can't take anything away from Stan Winston. The creatures are great. The but for me I, I I do enjoy the movie but it's just not one that I go back to very often. I don't the the person the the kid that they picked out just completely is so annoying that he kind of ruins the movie for me.
0: See, my problem with the kid is is the same reason I have a problem with Eddie Furlong. They could have picked that kid that was either just before puberty or just over puberty, not in the middle there. Where, you know, his voice is breaking like, 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 uh, like Bob, like, was it Peter Brady? Yeah. There's a time to change. That kid's voice <laughs> is breaking, like, throughout the whole fucking movie. And it's really annoying.
2: Yeah, I just, I, the kid, I just, from the, the, the first time I've saw this movie to the last time I watched it two days ago. I don't like the kid. The kid kind of ruins the movie for me. He takes me out. Karen Black is fun. I like the evil little girl. What was her name? Normal. I think so. Heather. Oh, Heather. Heather. Wow. How the fuck did I come up with Norma?
0: She looks like a Norma. She got that going for it, too, you know.
2: And for me, the movie just. Although the sets are amazing, the whole movie just seems kind of forced to me. Everyone, I mean, Lorraine Newman, it's just like every, there's, even before they get taken over by Martians, it just, everyone is just kind of pushing and forcing everything along so hard. that I just, I don't really, I just don't enjoy it. It's pretty. It's a pretty movie to look at. You've got great character, you've got great character actors in this movie. But it just seems like at certain points they all seem to be fighting against each other, so yeah, monsters, awesome, great cast, not working well together. I hate the kid, but the monsters in the set are cool. I don't know, I just I think the less I say about this movie, the better I'm gonna be
0: but you're you're okay, uh, I tell us what you think about it,
2: okay, so I got to see both of
1: these movies in the movie theater, and um. <laughs> this particular one like Suzanne was saying because I was going to say the same thing it's a comic book you're you're act, you're watching a live action comic book and uh, to me because you're watching this live action comic book uh, comic books uh back when i was you know in the second third grade especially the sci-fi ones were exactly like this you had that one kid who was a smart aleck annoying but he knew the truth um and that's what made him so fucking annoying and then you you have this character arc of this kid going from you know just having such a wonderful time with his parents to literally overnight um his dad changes and then you know mom's kind of like you know you're right because you're kind of weird and then mom changes and He's just trying to deal with the fact that you know people are changing. But this movie in itself, though, is lots and lots of fun. Like you were saying, I mean, <laughs> one of my fa- my favorite character is General Wilson. You know, uh, uh, James Karen, because <laughs> it's great. You know, David Gardner's son. You know, bring him in here. <laughs> I mean, like because this kid has clout, right? <laughs> And then as they walk into his uh, into his office, what what picture do you see right behind him? My God, Chesty Puller, you know, good night wherever you are, sir. <laughs> you know it, it, that's the Marines. Marine, huge picture of the guy, you know, right there, and just how he he deals with his Marines and everything, very much comic book 1950s general, right? And, um, just how things get changed and all the little Easter eggs in this movie. Like, um, when they show the, the mailbox for the gardeners, it says Santa Mira. Okay. So here's our tie to invasion of the body snatchers. Nice. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) That's what I was talking to you about last night. And then, uh, of course, when they're uh, searching for David and, um, and the nurse down there, what was her name, Linda? Uh, there is the original head, uh, you could, the original thing over the intelligence in the first movie is sitting right there. So they, they flash it as they're looking for them. I was like, oh, look, there it is. Because, and of course, the only reason why I really saw it was because I had just seen the, the original 1953 invas- Invaders from Mars. So, uh, and just, just the way the monsters are great. Uh, The color palette, like you're mentioning, really, really all tied in. Um, Because back in the 50s, they had, you know, certain colors that they could print. So it it, it was just amazing to rewatch this because I had not seen this in a very long time. And it just reminded me how much I just love this movie. And just how entertaining it is just to watch something. Because, you know, here you have this movie that's been remade. But it's been remade in a very retro way. So uh, I think that's what really, um, even now, I think I enjoy it more. Because I understand that a little more, you know, being more, God, I hate saying that, but a seasoned movie goer or watcher than, you know, back in 1986 when I was 17, I think. So, yeah, um, this movie's always been uh, one of my favorites. Oh, um, man. I know. I can't say enough about it. That's pretty much it.
0: You know, thing you got to realize, you know, about Toby Hooper and Mick Garris and Joe Dante, you know, you hear them talk to, with each other, like in interviews and stuff. They're all fucking monster kids from back in the day. So they all saw these movies as children. So it's all in, embedded in their brain of the stuff they love. You could tell that a lot of love and care when, and, and this movie, you know, cocaine aside, <laughs> Mr. <Joseph> and <laughs> Hooper, <laughs> and that,
1: you know what though? What? Here's another thing that I forgot to say. Louise Fletcher in this reminds me of Mrs. Crabtree that never got married and just kept teaching.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: And she just hey. became this horrible, awful woman.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah but you can tell a lot of love care Carolyn. The, the, the sets, the set designs, Uh, the guy that, that did the set designs, I forget, Leslie something, he worked on like Star Wars and The Abyss and Indiana Jones. So he he worked he worked a lot of production design stuff for for big movies, and you know movies like this. I, I I don't dig much of like the sets. When you get to like the Martian Underground, the sets are beautiful, and you know they're they're kind of dark, but they're stroby at the same time. You know, but when the creatures show up. I mean, I've seen this on, on Blu-ray, and you, know, you usually you like old movies. You can see like the little little imperfections and stuff. There's no imperfections in these creatures. They walk around. They look fluid. You know, they're 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 laughing. They got big teeth and gross looking, and um, but yeah, they look amazing. And that, that's where really it takes takes you back to this film. Like, look how look how fucking good these creatures still look today. Because a lot of them aren't gonna look as good. If you watch another Stan Winston uh, vehicle, uh, Pumpkinhead, there's a reason why they only shot Pumpkinhead certain ways, because it was like a seven foot tall puppet that didn't move very well, you know. So if anything, I think Pumpkinhead is one of the sloppier works. It looks really great on film because that's the way they shot it. But uh, this, the, these, these creatures are on full display. I I, I can appreciate that. Uh, David Gardner. David Gardner. Uh, that that boy he you need the boy that cried wolf in this movie. Although he's crying wolf all over the place and there's really stuff really going on with with alien invasions and whatnot, but he is he is easily the the, the worst part about this film. But without the boy you wouldn't have a movie. You, you know, this boy telling wild stories about aliens. His parents aren't what they used to be and eaten Disgusting looking bacon just pouring salt on it. Oh my god, you ought to make me sick. Just really watch that scene again of Lorraine Newman eating that burnt ass bacon, just pouring that salt all over it. Like, ugh, god, who would do that to bacon? It's terrible. Come on now, you know. Um, what else? Louise Fletcher. I wrote a letter once because I wanted some stuff autographed, and she, she signed stuff through the mail. And one thing I mentioned was this movie, because there's a scene where little David Gardner walks in the classroom and it's all dark and quiet, and he goes to go look for her, because she suspects that she's something else, and she's eating this frog in this movie, and as a as a child, it freaked me the fuck out, man, and you okay. know it's it's, it's still kind of scary today, her eating this frog. Although it's it's clearly fake frog, but you know what? Her slurping it, that green slime all over her mouth, like "Ah."
1: That was so awesome.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so nasty! It scared the shit out of me as a child. They're eating this frog. Just him walking in the room, you know. She turns around, there's this frog just hanging out of her mouth. I was like, what's she doing with this frog? She's eating that frog. I see. I see what she's doing there. You know. Um. (laughs) I think it's been a long time since I watched it. You watched it, Iris Copper. Had a big play in the, the aliens. This is why they wanted to harvest the copper for their weapons, right? Yep. Yes, yeah, so that was that was a throwback too. Their their their, their laser eye cannons, which look janky as shit, but all 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 the budget went <laughs> to uh right. and, creature effects, you know. And,
1: and did you notice that the the police chief is <clears throat> David McLean in the
0: 1953 movie? Oh, I didn't know that. I said what? I, 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 I've watched it yep. recently.
2: I think I did myself a huge disservice by not watching the original first.
0: Well, you're good. There's a lot there's a lot of comparisons, you know. Yeah, there's yeah, is. I haven't
2: well I haven't watched it like, I can't even count how many years. And did you
1: and, notice that Toby Hooper's Life Force movie was also playing on the TV? That's what David was watching.
0: Yes. Yep. Yeah, I did. <laughs> That's a movie I'd love to cover one day because I, I covered a long time ago but it's one of those episodes get lost. But um, that's a film that has no plot. It's just it's just a, <laughs> it's just a naked woman walking through the movie and then you yep. have like yep. aliens. Yeah, it, it, it's kind of it's a space vampire <laughs> naked people. It starts that exactly. way. Exactly. But then it turns into something else that I cannot explain. It, but, you know, that movie's got two halves. I don't know. Why, I, I guess that that was the cocaine fueled film that he made. You know, I guess it broke the budget. But <laughs> uh, you made two and a half good films out of that mess. It's, it's good stuff. But um, I have a lot of stupid fun with this one. I love I love the the, the retro sci-fi stuff. Like I said, all those guys are monster kids, so they 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 reflect in their movies. And Toby Hooper wanted to make a big dumb monster movie, and he he did, and with a lot of colorful characters. And J- James Karen, you mentioned, he's just like he's aware that something is going on, but he's unsure. So let's listen to this kid's story because you're going to. Right, and when that's he, awesome. When he finds out, he's going to spring into action and bring the whole goddamn army with him. I love it. You know, Marines, brains, Marines, Marines. Marines, Marines, I'm sorry. Freeze the whole American Marines with him. let us go underground. It's fucking crazy place we know nothing about. We're going to kill some fucking aliens. You know, it's fucking crazy. You know. Ronaldo, not you. So... <laughs> Good. So, he puts his whole soul into it, man. I missed that. Man. I at the meet one time, but he was just like a joy to talk to, James Karen. But Yeah, this is just a fun sci-fi action movie with a kid character you can dismiss and still enjoy the movie. I can't say the same thing about T2. I'm sorry. As, as a kid, I had a lot of fun watching it. Like, wow, this kid's on a motorcycle. It's really cool. But so you watch it as a grown-up, and, and I'm listening to talking to you people out there that love that movie. Watch it as a grown-up and just... Just notice how much that kid takes you out of the movie. It's it's plentiful, okay? Should have bumped that fucking kid off before, way before that that new movie, man. Fuck John Connor, leader of the revolution. Oh my gosh, Terminator's side, John Connor's side. I have, did, and and once had fun with this movie, and I still do, and um. I'm going to kick it back to Suzanne and ask her anything else you want to say about the movie and what does she give one to ten?
2: Oh, God, I, I know I'm probably being incredibly harsh on it. I really wish I'd had a, a little extra time to go watch the original before I watched this one, like I did with Body Snatchers. But like I said, I just I, he did a better comic booky movie, Toby Hooper. It was called Spontaneous Combustion. Very few people have heard of it. I enjoy it. But this one, like I said, I think at the time I saw it the first time, it was what 1986. I was 14. At this point, I was on to a Nightmare on Elm Street, and it just came off as a little—I—I I, I don't know. I just—I have to admit, I enjoy it more now than I did when I first saw it. I can't—I—I don't—I can't shit talk it. It just. For me, it just seemed like there were so many different bits playing against each other that it, it kind of, it just doesn't work as well for me. And I know going in the comic booky vein, of course this kid's going to have carte blanche with a frickin' general at a NASA site. Of course the kid's getting in without having like 87 guns pointed at him and Linda.
0: Well, he, he mentioned <laughs> that he talked, he talked to the general like the day before or something. So it's not like they didn't know each other.
2: Oh, yeah, but oh yeah, the day before. Like the general's gonna remember David Gardner, even though they shoved David Gardner's name down our throat a hundred times. But I don't, like I said, I don't want to trash the movie because there's parts of it I like. It's a beautiful movie to look at. It is straight up a 1950s technicolor comic book. The creatures are awesome. Stan Winston above reproach is always. So I I feel like I'm going to rate it lower here, and I'm—I want to—I I am going to—I will probably amend this after I go and watch the original in this one again, but I'm pretty much at a six. Okay. Uh, Iris. Okay, so
0: <laughs> I'm going to give this one a nine,
1: <laughs> because yeah, this is I, exactly I, the kind of fun movies I love. You know. I don't blame I, you, but blame the slightest— I was also, you know, a sci-fi monster kid. I grew up watching these movies, and when I saw some, when I saw this in the movie theater, it just it, it put me right back in from the TV black and white movies, or you know, looking at the the old comic books that I would find at the library. It, it was just great. And another thing I forgot to mention. Um, at the end, when um, David realizes that it's it's all a dream. Oops, spoilers. <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> Lorraine Newman go, you know, go, drops into her conehead character. We are no aliens, you know. <laughs> I was I like, it. it was I cracking it so much. up. Yep. Oh, oh God, yeah, that so was hard. great. So yeah, I mean, this movie is. I'm glad I got to see it again because I can't wait to sit down with the little man and watch this movie because I know he's going to love it, too.
0: Well, he'll dig it, yeah.
1: So, yeah, nine for this one.
0: Uh, I, forgot, I didn't mention, I saw on the IMDb uh, facts that the, the boy, um, Hunter, Car- Hunter Carson, is uh, the actual son of Karen Black. So they were, what? Mother and son, like the movie. Yeah, he said in the, in the credits there. And uh, another thing about the, the the drone the drone aliens is they call them... He was two in the movie, so they had a whole bunch of them. But they they were ran by like puppets. They had somebody in the front and somebody in the back of that thing. So I thought that was a pretty cool aspect. They're actual puppets, you know, with people inside. I, I love wow, that. that's incredible. That I is. I love amazing. that. Um. Yeah, and um, it, that's that's about it, man. I love the film though, and I, I think it's genuinely. You know, it's it's just it's there's enough horror elements of sci-fi elements, but there's enough to laugh at too because it's just silly. And I I want to like scream at the top of my lungs when my cousin's kids got a line, and say one two three four five, and see what they do. You know, I do it in the Louise Fletcher voice though, because she had a streak, didn't she? You know, she she uh just playing like mean people. I, I love it. Yeah, she's a very lovely person though. You had a good old Nurse Ratched. You had the Grandmother in the original Flowers of the Attic movie, which I, I, which is where I found she was the most terrifying for me was when I watched that. I we like, wow, she poisoned them children. It's fucking terrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's a fucking terrible person. If I met her in person, I'd start freaking out. But I felt that way by many people. Like, yeah, n- not really. Angus Grimm, you know, a big imposing dude. You know, gonna take her over the world. But Angus Scribb is a person he's a hell of a nice guy. He's no longer with us, but he's a nice guy. Um, yeah, it's it's an eight at least. I, I have I, I had just as much fun with this film every time I watch it. And it's got a fuck you ending. You gotta love that. They, by the way, sign all over again, kid. It's good stuff. But um I guess that the the I think those crazy Israelis did not did not enjoy the film as much as we did. They they felt that Toby Hooper misled them and the direction he was going but yeah, I like it. So fools aside is good shit. Eight out of 10 for me. And, um, that's it for this one. We'll come right back and close out the show. Uh, folks is another one of the books. Um, I'm hoping to get these out more consistently. We had some problems last week, so the releases might be in a good cluster. just to come out like that. But, um, this has been a fun one. Iris, I'm sure you have stuff that's come out or coming up. Uh, let us know what that is. Uh, yes,
1: yeah, so we just dropped uh, the um, coffee for "Badasses, Boobs, and Body Counts," and you can yes. find that on ExploitationFilm.com. Oh my God, you get to see you know hamker's boobs and mm-hmm. wonderful bodies so much in that! Mm-hmm. <laughs> <clears throat> and uh, we plan to do "Earthquake" as our next one, and then in a, I think not this Sunday, but next Sunday. With Theme Warriors, we have films where the actors play more than one character. So, of course, uh, the original, uh, Coming to America is on there. A couple of other movies. And I will be doing Legends with Tom Hardy playing the craze.
0: Nice.
1: So that's that's going to be fun. Oh, God, I love that movie. So, yeah. um, And then that's pretty much it for me, besides being on here.
0: Anybody picks the spirit remake? Uh, no. Suzanne loves Suzanne loves that movie. I know she knows. Yeah.
2: Gary, <laughs> you, you just like seeing me suffer, don't you?
0: <laughs> I like I like the movie. I'm sorry. Okay? It's just, uh, I'll kick it to Suzanne. She can tell us what she has coming out.
2: Okay. And coming out very, very soon. We did, oh my God, got this. Yet another remake. We did the poltergeist remake on the NFW podcast. That's on Dark Discussions. And recording tomorrow, we are finally getting around to doing the our, our best worst of 2020 because apparently we were real late.
0: <laughs> you know you're not the only cast that does that though. it does it real late though. it just, just happens.
2: Well I watched a lot of us watch so few movies. I ended up trying to cram in. I watched 15 movies in three days. My head hurts still. But it does. but I managed to come up with a top and a bottom.
0: Those are both very important roles, by the way. The top and the bottom. <laughs> oh, I know, Hubs and I take turns. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, gotcha. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, this show, uh, anything that I do, 2 Venom should have an episode up by now. We did the Boogans. Uh, myself, Nudie, Kyle Poling, and Cameron Scott are, are the, the MCs on that particular episode. I'm going to try to switch it up every episode. Not sure what the next one's going to be, but the Boogans, we had a lot of fun with a really bad movie. We saw, like, one Boogan towards the end there, and it, it just it just was some conversations about some Canadian horror that people love that we are kind of sour on. But look for that if you haven't found it already. Uh, I'll, I'll link the movie because it's in full on YouTube. You can watch along with us. It could be a lot of fun for you. Yeah, Legion Patreon, Legion GoFundMe. Uh, lots of good stuff on Legion Patreon. I think they drop some commentaries on there. Bo has an exclusive uh, stuff going on with Richard Schmidt on there, where they're doing the I series for for Hero Hero Go Show. Um, t- tons of fun stuff on Legion Patreon. As low as three dollars a month, you can go donate. Five dollars a month, and you get you get to come on commentaries and stuff. I think that's how it works. You get to watch a, a screener or two along with the the rest of the group. So. Yeah, help out Starving Artists with the Legion Patreon. Don't send me money. Send Uncle Bo money. He, he needs it, okay, for, for running the show the way he is. Uh, Come check us out on all your, your podcasting networks. Uh, from what I understand, we just got – Add to Pandora as well, so you can find us on many, many outlets. And thanks to Jerry Herring for dumping all of our stuff on YouTube. So go check us out on YouTube as well and become a subscriber. That's up Legion pushing for right now, but you guys should all go check out all, all the great shows on Legion and the Exploitation Filmcast and on the Dark Discussions Network, all the stuff that Nudie and those guys do over there. Um, I've not been there present over there, but I'm trying to get there. But um, yeah, that's it for this one. Told oh, my breath. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> this that was that was a long, a lot of talking. But uh, this has been your Cinnamon and beef podcast, where if you've got beef, we've got the grinder. Bye bye now.
2: Good night,
0: Joe.